Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget your machete as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. This is Monsteropolis. What? Just oh. yeah, interesting. Um, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined as always by my pal Mark Matsky. Hello there. And my other pal, Heather Mosier. Hi. Hey there. That's how you say her name. For real. By the way. I understand <laughs> I've created some confusion <laughs> in recent years days uh weeks anyway this is <laughs> i don't know what i was gonna say this is a this show Monsteropolis. it's a show we... this week we're talking about bigfoot and in the title of the show is going to say bigfoot and shot in the same sentence so it's probably going to be the biggest show we ever put on youtube oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Skinwalker colon yeah. I shot Bigfoot Stay tuned next week for Bigfoot beheads everybody yeah. <laughs> Which will it will quickly take over this this episode's role as our biggest episode um, oh boy. If you want to watch us talk And you are such a fan of this that you think I wish there was a little more talking You can become a channel member there's additional talking, like five, like minutes, five minutes yeah. maybe, ten minutes. Andy cuts. Be. Andy cuts a lot <laughs> out of the out of the free version of the show. Yeah. And probably this is only being watched by channel members, which doesn't even make sense right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, become a channel member and yeah. watch the show um, in ad free. Join at the highest level, and we'll just call you on the phone and yeah. talk to you if you want. You know what? In all honesty, call that's in, probably man. that probably should be a new thing going forward. We'll call in people. People will call in. We'll bring them on the show. We'll talk to them. Anyway, <laughs> uh, become a member, channel member. A lot going on there. Bigfoot Project, by the time you're listening to this, is just getting ready to launch, Woo. which is very exciting. Also mm. terrifying because I haven't finished editing the episode yet. But <laughs> That intro very, is it's really fun. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah. You can see me not dying, even though I leapt out of a moving vehicle. Yeah, somehow didn't that looked more light. graceful than you described it. Right. I just well, have to say, it, you were like, it I'm, was because <laughs> I was falling forward, so it looks I'm running like I'm running real fast. It's just gravity. I'm just like, it's because I'm falling, and I didn't actually fall. Uh, and if I had, honestly, what what's funny to me now is if I had fell, I think I would have fell into all those thorn bushes yep. that Ooh. were previously there, which also would have been bad. Yes. I mean, it would have been Correct. hilarious because the rest of the episode would have been me covered in cuts. 
Instead, we get poison ivy. Yeah. But you'll hear me in that episode screaming about seeing a Bigfoot. And mm-hmm. uh, over that episode, the course of that episode and the next one, you'll learn more about the sighting. So it's kind of, yeah, it should, should be real fun. We're very excited. That first wood knock in there, I'm not sure if that's the wood knock or if that's the barrel mm. kick or whatever that we oh. heard. I don't think that's the barrel kick, which I'm more excited about people hearing because it's so unnatural. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not wood on wood. Mm-hmm. It's like wood on plastic. plastic. It's mm-hmm. a weird knock. Um, really loud. So loud that it echoed all the way down to the valley where the mm. cabin is. So uh, anyway, that episode drops for squad me- for channel members, YouTube channel members on November 11th, uh, the week after for everybody else. So if you're wanting to watch it first, become a channel member. Um, other stuff. By then, your library presentation is over. Yeah, yeah. When this How'd it post, go? I don't know. My um, <laughs> my dad's coming. I know oh, that for sure. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Audience. So like, right? Uh huh. Well, more than half the seats were gone. Wow. Earlier this week, we took a field trip there and supported you. Hooray! Yeah. That was really nice. We were yeah. there for sure. Yep. I was comforted <laughs> by that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I kept, I I kept I'm, screaming, and I was wearing the big phone finger. Did you oh, see him? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to get your attention. Number one. <laughs> number one, and then I scrawled Mark in marker on it. Number one, Mark. You were, like, talking about the Portage County UFO chase, and I just started screaming and cheering. It's my favorite. Yeah. Do Cash Landrum next. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, and I had to explain that's not Ohio, sir. Has nothing to do with Ohio. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Turned to heckling very yes. quickly. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you haven't. You're not really in the inner circle of this until somebody shouted you down yeah. at a conference or a or, presentation. Or a screening at the Canton Palace Theater where I had that man just start berating me for adding music through one of the seats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we don't want to hear it. Like, there's yeah. music. I want to hear what's going on. <laughs> All right. Just, <laughs> the topic of this week's episode is... Mark Matsky's personal story. Shooting Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, like Heather said, Mark Matsky's personal story. Right. <laughs> Uh, no, but we're, uh, honestly, I don't know what the heck's going on. The showrunners t- at this point, the showrunners just dictating what we have to talk about. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I've, I've been checking Google analytics <laughs> and the hot, the hot topic everyone wants to hear about is people shooting Bigfoot. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. Um, let's start with the first time Bigfoot was shot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that was. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have tried to shoot Bigfoot. Um, Mrs. Caton tried to shoot Bigfoot. Couldn't do it. Couldn't pull the trigger. Too mm-hmm. human. Yes. Is what she said, which is probably the most common just in the massive amount of research time I dedicated to this episode. Um, that was the most common phrase used by Justin Smeha. was that it was too human Uh, but I've heard that other places Mm -hmm. too oh yeah that is that's a feature of the Bigfoot literature Mm -hmm. in almost every book there's a passage about how many hunters have had the creature you know in their sights and couldn't do it because of the humanity of it and 
thinking through in the moment what the ramifications would be if they killed something and it turned out to be human or human-like. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one, of the, one of the conversations that plays into it. In the aforementioned uh, Mr. Smeha, mm-hmm. he evidently didn't have the same compunctions the, any, any qualms, as really. other, no. Can we no. talk, okay, do we want to start there? Because that's all I got. Sure. Sure, okay, let's, we can start there. That's what we got. Are you familiar with this case? No. So this is Ooh. this is one of those things that I think uh, that the this was the first thing that popped up when you Google like Bigfoot shot or something. Mm-hmm. It's this and it's Rick Dyer, mm-hmm. and we could talk about both of those because I think they're really important in the modern, more modern era big in the more modern era Bigfoot stories. <laughs> but it's interesting that Smeha has kind of dropped off the map now. A lot of like people that are just getting into this subject or have even gotten in the last decade might not be as familiar with this story, even though it's from about 10 years ago. So it's like Bigfoot, Bigfoot stories run in cycles too. I'm sure you, you know this, but the popularity will wane for a while and then it'll come back around. And so this one's kind of waiting, awaiting its Renaissance. So I'm, I'm thinking Justin's going to pop up back up here. At this some may point. kick it off. Okay. Well, this Monsteropolis episode. That's true. With any luck. Uh, October 8th, October 8th, 12 years ago of, of 10, 2010, 11 years ago. Uh, so Justin Smeha was for those not familiar, (laughs) I can't do math. I can't either. And Uh, you just confused me. I was like, it's 2022. No, it's 21. Right. Right. This is exactly what went through my head. A little bit longer. All right. Okay. Okay. So. It's October of 2010. Justin Smeha was a bear hunter, but I get, he's a poacher. He just went to jail like oh. in 2017 for bear poaching. So he's uh, not the most reputable man, but I can remember when all this went down because I followed it. I think at the time when everything really exploded, I was working a medical billing job. This is at the height of that. Mm-hmm. So this is where I'm just getting into the subject of Bigfoot, like really into it. And this was the big like news story of that era was Justin Smeha. He's a bear hunter. He's in California. Is that right? Yeah. Sierra, Sierra Nevada mountains, Sierra Nevada mountains. He's out with a buddy bear hunting illegally. They're driving as they're doing it, which is illegal. They're driving along uh, through an area. They're shooting Mm -hmm. literally like poaching out the windows, essentially what they're doing. And they come into what is like a large clearing, correct? Mm-hmm. And in the clearing is a Bigfoot, which he doesn't recognize it as that at first. He like looks at it, sees it, tries to figure out what it is. Um, are the young ones there at that point? Not yet. Okay. So he sees it. I just spoiler alert. Yeah. But he sees it and decides he's going to take the shot. All right. And there's we can fill in details here in mm-hmm. a second, but I'm just running running down the Cliff Notes version of this. Decides he's going to take the shot, uh, shoots it, hits it. It takes off running and they park or no, no. They actually drive down into the frigging field like crazy people and go chase, trying to chase it down. When you read his report of this, there's a transcript on Cryptomundo. So you can actually read like what he says about all this. After they shoot it, what what he's comparing it to is like a deer. Like you shoot a deer, it can run like you know, 30 yards or whatever before it drops dead, even mm-hmm. if you clip it or shoot it dead on. Um, and so they go down after it. They get out of the car at this point, correct? And that's when they start hearing or seeing the the young ones pop up, correct? Help yeah, well, he, w- yeah, he was, 
Justin was out of the truck. Okay. And, um, you know, his, it was at that point where, yes, there were two juvenile or like child, yeah, child size, childlike Bigfoots, Bigfoot that came out. Mm-hmm. And even he says it seemed like they were looking for their parent. Yeah. And it, they really weren't even that bothered by the fact that he was there. Yeah. yeah. And they're caught. And he talks about a language and a word they say. Mm-hmm. Um, a woo or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's a weird word. So he's looking at these guys. Did he just shot the parent? It gets worse. Mm-hmm. So then, he, so then there's the little ones, and then he decides he's going to shoot one of the little ones. Yeah, yeah. So he shoots one of the little ones. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And uh, what happens then? Help me out. Well, he, it's really bizarre, and and he shoots the the first little one. Mm-hmm. It rolls down to his feet, and in the process, there's blood on his boot from this creature. It's dead. Mm-hmm. He picks it up, and like kind of by the scruff of his his neck and shoulders, and looks it right in the eye. And it's at that moment that he so, sort of says to himself, "What have I done?" Yeah. You know, he recognizes mm-hmm. this is and more human than anything else, and that he made a. I mean, he never uses the words I've ever seen. I've made a mistake. Yeah. But he's really he's very matter of fact. Yeah. All this. By it's the way. like this is a little kid. This is very human. What I shot was a type of person. That's the conclusion that he comes to. And his friend, who's I think stayed in the truck the whole time, mm-hmm. had been like yelling at him, don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. And he did. Yeah. Um, so that's the, so the they, other and, one. And, I don't know what happens yeah. to the other little one. He doesn't shoot the two little ones. Just one. <clears throat> so he immediately went to authorities because he thought that he shot a human-like creature. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no. He uh, buries the bodies, correct? Is well, he um, he covers the bodies up okay. with like branches and scrub and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll you'll sometimes hear people like in the as the stories retold say that he buried it, but he didn't really okay. bury it in a grave. And then he returned the next day, and it was. I think it was gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's got the blood on his boot. Right. So they... Smeon and he and cut a piece off. Okay. I don't remember that. Yeah. Sometimes referred to somewhat unartfully as a Sasquatch steak. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it was a piece that was cut off. And that was evidently submitted to the... Sykes. Is that the Sykes piece? The blood on the boot was Sykes. Sykes. The other the one is Ketchum. The steak was Ketchum. Okay. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's going to, there's going to be angry comments about that. Um, the the Sykes piece or the, the Sykes boot comes back bare. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Which most of the Sykes stuff came back bare. Right. Um, the other piece goes to Ketchum and comes back angel and. What? Ketchum did a study, and there's some a very odd like phrasing and and such such with her findings regarding that. Okay. Um, that Bigfoot blood piece steak. Okay. So odd phrasings, but leading to a specific thing. Like they I'm, think it's uh, 
this is a touchy subject when you're on YouTube oh, because there right, are certain people that have gathered a small army to defend the Ketchum study, and you must be careful the way you talk about it. Oh. So I don't want to say anything too negative because I'm not a, I'm not I, I'm not like a later. DNA expert or anything either, so yeah. I don't understand that stuff. I know that this story was huge, and that a lot of people we know were familiar with it and and actively involved i know bart catino was really mm -hmm. tied into this and that's how i always knew his his name and bart is really good friends with Derek randalls and mm -hmm. shane corson and members of the olympic project yeah and speaking of the olympic project Derek is one of the first people that interviewed justin smeha um from talking to um no that's false from reading uh quotes by bart catino he felt that the story was honest. Like it was a true account, uh, never changed, never wavered. Seemed like it was pretty much start to finish, uh, you know, like always on point, but straight ahead story about a Bigfoot being shot and killed. Mm -hmm. And today it's kind of like a forgotten side note of Bigfoot lore. Yeah. Mm. Right. And Catino is in the video that was produced mm -hmm. that's on YouTube now uh, by Rosa Habe. Hmm. He interviews um, another Smeha. forgotten Bigfoot yeah. personality from 12, 15 years yeah. ago. That whole group was huge at that point. Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, he interviewed uh, Smeha and the driver of the truck, hmm. who evidently, before that, had not spoken to anyone uh, for somewhat obvious reasons, I think. And also appearing in that video is... Barcatino at length, he's in it, and uh, Bobo Fay, James mm -hmm. Bobo Fay is in there as mm -hmm. well, briefly, but talking about, um, you know, specifically, he's in there to talk about how Bigfoot potentially dispose of their own dead. Mm. But I remember him, this goes back a long time, but when Andy and I went to the Finding Big, Bigfoot taping in Cambridge uh, down at Jurassic Park, I was there. You were? What? You were the nope. one in Canada. <laughs> I was there. Okay. <laughs> you went to a couple yeah. tapings? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. What a nerd. Yeah. And um, <laughs> at that point, Bobo was talking about this story, but in very, like, vague, vague terms. Yeah. yeah. Sort of hinting at the fact that this was going to be a huge story, huh. but it wasn't really breaking wide yet. Yeah. So what, what I wanted to talk about, too, is like between that, from there, then Smeha and Sahabi become involved with a big time cable television show on Spike TV, yeah. big, the $10 million dollar yeah. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Bounty. Bounty. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Which yeah. A and, lot of people are on this show. A lot of yeah. people were, were involved in that. One. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, eight episodes. 2014 was the year that mm -hmm. that hosted by Dean Kane. Yeah, that's right. Superman from mm -hmm. Lois and Clark and uh, Stacy Brown Jr., Todd Disatel and others. And there, you know people have different opinions about the show, but I Lauren Coleman, eminent cryptozoologist, uh, reviewed the show for Cryptozoo News blog and he wrote that 10 million will go down in history for elevating the topic to a new level of integration in our society. Did it? I don't know. Did it? <laughs> did it? 
So um, yeah, I mean, it, this whole thing. He was very much on the tr- the reality TV. Yeah, mm. was his ultimate point. There is, I don't think mm-hmm. he was saying it advanced the subject per mm-hmm. se, but just the level at which people were Recognized talking man. about this. Bigfoot in general. Yeah. That was a very big time in pop culture because he also had yeah. Finding Bigfoot yeah. and mm-hmm. Monsters was taken off and yeah. all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, the so, point the, of that show was to find one and kill one, right? I don't the think it was to kill one. It, it was just find one? evidence. Yeah. Was it? I thought it yeah. was to get a body. No. It, no. You would think that from the title. It's I mean, when you, when you use the word bounty, mm-hmm. yeah. that implies certain things. Right. Yeah. But when you watch the show itself, it was just evidence. Yeah. But the the the... The, the point of interest, I think, of course, with this topic today is that he was on that show. Mm-hmm. I and mean, here's somebody who basically in cold blood, yeah. if he's telling the truth, shot a, a human-like figure. And that's, he's at least at this time in 2014, parlayed that into a role on a show. Yeah. And, and there's no repercussions for that. Now, you could say, well, later... Couple of years later, he's arrested for yeah. not having the right tags or whatever he was doing, poaching and so forth. But it just seems wild to me. And if you watch that video on YouTube and you listen to him and look at him as he's saying that, I I think he is he's shaken by it. But I don't know. Just to hear him describe it, it's it was chilling to me. Yeah. There didn't seem to be a ton of regret necessarily. <clears throat> and I guess I say that because. Towards the end of the show, it's about uh, an hour long or so, they sort of drop this on you at the very end, that he intends to kill another one if he has the chance. Mm. And I think, in part, to clear his own name, mm-hmm. because he, I think he does regret not keeping the body. Sure. Now, there's stories that float around that say suggest he did keep the body mm. of the little one, but I don't know. If he was able to pick it up, look right at it, I think he could carry it to the mm-hmm. truck. Mm-hmm. If that were something he wanted to do, right? Justin Smeha, let's all give it a round of applause. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> all right. Anywhere else we want to go with that particular story? Well, uh, what about? I think at that point we could weave in Rick Dyer, maybe. Okay, so Dyer, this this is the one that blows my mind that people have kind of like it's t- within Bigfoot circles. It's still well known, <clears throat> but Dyer is fascinating. Cause he seems to understand the cycle. Like he can, he's come, he's, he's perpetrated at least two hoaxes, maybe three now. I think there's three. I think I'm forgetting one. The famous one, the one that kicked it off was the Georgia freezer hoax, which that's, I'm aware. Of yeah. That. I'm aware of that. That was like when I was first, kind of like becoming aware of Bigfoot in general. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, this guy, this guy, these two guys shot and killed a Bigfoot. It's in a freezer. I remember reading about it. They had pictures too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and it, it involved, uh, people were friends with Steve calls was involved. Um, my good buddy, Tom Biscardi was involved. No, I'm just kidding. Tom, <laughs> Tom Biscardi is involved. There's a lot of people, uh, it, that that was like famous for making headlines and being renowned, you know, worldwide. I think mm-hmm. for for a short period of time. What year is that? Late nineties or early two thousands? Uh, <clears throat> boy, I want to say two thousand and eight, but that's just an impression. Okay, I don't know. I feel like that's way. I, f- I feel like it's earlier than that because the George the free the the second one 
that I'm aware of. There might be, I think there's a third, but there's, there's another one that happens where Dyer claims he shot and killed a Bigfoot, manages to convince everyone again, or at least garner enough attention that people are like, well, maybe he did it. Like, mm. then promises he's going to take it on like a tour. Oh, yeah. Around the country. Right. Like a like Minnesota a, yeah, Ice You can go see it kind of thing and does it. Gets enough attention that people are like, I don't know. Lyle was involved. Lyle went and saw it. Talked to, talked to Dyer. Like had this whole thing happen where people were like kind of on the fence about whether or not this was real. I cannot remember what broke that one where it was like, oh, wait, no, this is just another mm-hmm. hoax. 2008 hoax and 2012 hoax, according to Wikipedia. Wow, that's you look up this name. Oh. a time jump than I would think. So... But that was right. That kind of like clues you into how gullible people are mm-hmm. or how much we want to believe in Bigfoot that mm-hmm. you can right. perpetrate a full on hoax that everyone knows is a hoax. And four years later, cycle back around, do it again. <clears throat> and you've got enough people that are like, this might well, be maybe, real. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give him a, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That he shot. Right. Bigfoot. Well, and I think the third one then that you might have in your mind is the TV special that he has called shooting Bigfoot where there's that uh, the very yes. last couple of seconds of it claim to have this close up yeah. photograph <clears throat> okay. of a Bigfoot, like a trail cam style photo. Right. And there were people who, you know, came out in defense of that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Shooting Bigfoot, the one that like they're out in the woods. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 And Biscardi's in that one. Isn't that the I, Snapple one? Give me a Snapple. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you can you can apparently perpetrate a hoax and then just repeatedly do it, and people will, enough people will fall for it. 2013 for shooting Bigfoot, America's okay. Monster Hunters. Okay, it's a mm. British documentary. It says you can probably yeah. find that on YouTube too. Yeah. Travels to America to spend time with four amateur Bigfoot hunters. Yes, wow, Not professionals, amateurs. Amateurs, yes. None of us are. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> working on it. Not getting paid to hunt Bigfoot. What? Mm. But that, that, um, <laughs> how'd you do that? I don't know. <laughs> that did give rise to then a little subgenre of TV of trying to shoot Bigfoot. I mean, it really did because uh, yeah, there was Killing Bigfoot in yeah. 2014, which was actually direct. I didn't realize this until I looked it up. Is Peter, Peter. Von Putcom. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And he's profiling the um, Gulf Coast Bigfoot Research Organization, mm-hmm. where they are very upfront about the fact that they're out to kill a Bigfoot, and they act almost as a like a pest control yes. group, except the pest is Bigfoot, banging on your house or eating your chickens or whatever. <laughs> Call them, they'll come out and... Try to eradicate the problem. What's his name? D.W. Lee or something like that? That's, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was 2014 and 2017. It actually becomes a short-lived series. There's like mm-hmm. seven, eight episodes of it. Yeah. Of just this particular show. And then it then it was gone. But, you know, 2018, 2018, is that right? On the trail of Bigfoot, the legend. That's 2019? 2018. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. I would bet 2019. Uh, feels right. On the trail 19. of Bigfoot, the legend yeah. episode five, Seth Breedlove travels to the mountains. <laughs> oh yeah, of, of a south southern 
of Oklahoma, where he watched all mountains, where he interviews members of the North American Wood Ape Conservancy, ever what? heard of it, who are in the woods <laughs> to shoot and kill a Bigfoot to prove they exist. Yeah, because the argument is that science won't accept it. Science will not accept Yeah, it. right. You have a hard time with this one, I know. But what? What do you mean? I have a hard. Time you have a hard one? time with this one. I mean, I don't. I've told you before. Killed. When I'm out in the woods, I want, I want to shoot one. You get mad at me. Well, yeah, <laughs> not in my woods, man. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So I'm booby trapping. Four. I'm booby trapping those woods. You yeah. don't know what's out there. <laughs> Be careful where you walk. <laughs> oh boy! Is that the episode where Brian Brown throws you a 357 yeah. Magnum and you squeeze off? Oh wait, off. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Ranga, but uh yeah yeah that got some comments didn't it oh yeah on youtube that was there was a lot of pushback on that one but it was also like in in a matter of weeks it had like seven hundred thousand plus views is that the was it that episode where they talked about they like ran down if you had time Mm -hmm. what part of the body you would take so that that was behind the scenes okay we were but we were briefed on if if they shoot one, what happens? Right, and the the pretty much you'd vacate the premises immediately. Yeah, because there's not there's more than one. Around, we would right. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the thinking is you shoot one, get it get it out as quick as we can. Oh, okay. you get it in on a slab or whatever. You get it into the freezer. They have mm-hmm. they have stuff in there to get this thing out of there, and then you're. The, there's a specific way they travel out <clears throat> yeah you know where the where the car is the, mm-hmm. where the vehicle is that has it all that kind of stuff they thought all that through because the, the i guess the thought process is once you shoot and kill one others are going to come sure to retrieve it or to you know to a, whatever um seek revenge especially if it's a young one I think, well, you yeah. know, like a, no, that makes sense i think if you shoot one and it's young they will come take you so that seems fair. It's that I, I'll never forget that because it kind of like everything became kind of spooky at that point. Right. It's like, oh, it's more real. Yeah, and I'd never thought about that. And we're two and a half hours from anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know that we're getting out of here right. if uh, we shoot one while we're here. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that was like always on my mind when I was in there. It's like if something did happen, especially because Daryl zeroes in one within like two hours of our arrival. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I still like, I still am blown away. The only thing I've experienced close to that was when was just a couple of weeks, whatever that was a few weeks ago when we were in, in Minerva mm-hmm. and we show up and go for what's supposed to be like a fun hangout night in the woods. And within like an hour, they're hanging out. We're hanging out, you know, they're hanging out with us. They're hanging out with <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, Toast and marshmallows. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. They're our besties. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, NAWAC, and they've been doing this for like twenty plus years. They have a very sensible approach to the whole thing. But their ultimate goal is to is to present a type specimen to science for for verification that these things exist. Uh, do they have somebody that they trust that they could send it to? Uh, once it's dead. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, well, they're in touch with plenty of people. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking because you hear so many stories about we had this sample or whatever we send it off and then it disappears. i mean i would mm-hmm. think things will change if you've got a big enough if you're like i got a friggin' bigfoot head yeah the, you know or a hand I it's know. i think it i think it would change things dramatically if you're like i have this human like hairy hand that's you know huge mm-hmm. 
I have a foot, and it's big. <laughs> I don't know. People talk about having those Hello, giants. science. science. <laughs> the giants getting taken away yeah. by the Smithsonian. Oh, we mm-hmm. definitely believe that one. Yeah, I'm just saying. Sure happened. Hey, dude. All right, more Bigfoot oh. killed. Okay. Keep going. Tell All right. your personal story, Mark. My personal story? <laughs> well... No, this is one of my favorite stories in this genre, such as it is, and it goes back to the old, old days of Coast to Coast AM, uh-huh. when Art Bell was the host, and for about a 12-year period, there was a, a returning caller that he would talk to who would only reveal his name as Bugs. <laughs> and, and That makes right. it impossible to track down, so yeah. all on his part. Right. So I think to preface this, we need to say this, that, you know, first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a big Art Bell fan. I love to listen to him do these old shows. And probably once a week I'm listening to a, an Art Bell show. But Art Bell was a showman, first and foremost, mm-hmm. before anything else. He knew how to spin a yarn, let's say. So the other thing that Bell was known for is no no call screener. So he would just take calls mm quote unquote randomly yeah but there was no buffer between he and the person calling in he just hit yeah he just hit the next button and whoever popped on there could talk and then it was up to art bell and the listener to determine Mm. is there anything to this story or not well evidently art bell thought there was something to the story no make of that what you will but the story goes in 1976 Bugs and two of his friends who were hunters, Vietnam veterans, were out in the eastern panhandle of Texas. And they were um, hunting at night with the spotlight, which you really aren't supposed to do. And they saw two huge glowing red eyes. Uh, They tread whatever made the reflection of the eyes they got closer to. They saw it was what we would call Bigfoot seven, eight feet tall, reddish brown hair, and uh, Bugs started to unload on it. And his other friends did too. So three guys with guns shooting this figure. Uh, It runs off. They run after it, continue to try and get shots. And um, they run into this thicket. Bugs reports that he was probably about, where is it, like 15 yards away from what, was evidently a, a female Bigfoot. He, he sees just past it as a dead male. And so he, quote unquote, in self-defense, shoots the, mm. the female. So they've got two dead big feet. Right. Uh, have, so they examine what they uh, had killed. The, um, the way that that's described is that uh, they were clearly male and female. The male was eight feet tall plus female is about seven feet tall they immediately with a close-up look at it thought much as in the smeha story that what they had killed could be human they thought we could easily go to jail for this because this is this bears no resemblance to anything more than a human being so uh, they buried the corpses in about they dug four to five foot deep graves in this location um kept a careful eye on where they had buried them and then uh, created a map 
as to where the bodies had been buried. Um, that's the story that he reported to Art Bell the first time that he told it. He said, I will send you Art Bell. I will send Art Bell a map. And when I die, you can, you can go look for the bodies. Wow. You know, my wife will, or whoever, I get, evidently, will get in touch with you. You right. can go look for him. So over the course of that dozen years, Bugs would call in every once in a while. And what Art Bell would do is he would pair Bugs up with different Bigfoot researchers, I think, to see, to get the predictable sort of provocative encounter between them. Right. Like your kill or no kill, this mm -hmm. is like a, a no-brainer. There's going to be fireworks. Right. And um, the, the show that I'm thinking of that really is one of my favorites is from June 5th, 2001, the guest that Art had on was Robert W. Morgan. And Robert W. Morgan, at first, it's, it's fascinating to listen to this. This exists online, easily findable. You can listen to the whole show uh, with no commercials. And at first, you can tell Robert W. Morgan is really upset by this, like very troubled, because Morgan's idea of Bigfoot ultimately, I think, was as like forest people. Right. And he had come up with ways that you can communicate with them, that he writes you know, his books about this subject and so forth. So you can just hear in like the tone of his voice, this is not sitting well with him. But over the course of the, the, like the hour and a half that this conversation is, is going on, you can kind of hear Morgan shifting his tone somewhat and realizing like, and this plays into what you were saying before, Seth, about giving people the benefit of the doubt. He started to realize that if this is true, he has this momentary connection to this Bugs character. He could be the one yeah. to get the map. He could be the one to, you know, to get the discovery. Yeah. 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 And so he says things on the air like, Art, have him send me his contact information. Art, you have the map, don't you? You can let me look at the map, you know, and things like mm -hmm. that. And you can just trace his sort of evolution from being outraged that bugs and his friends did this to, yeah. to thinking this could be, this could be it. the big one mm -hmm. and so he he changes his tone entirely towards the end where he's sort of trying to buddy up to bugs <laughs> even and say hey you know we're, yeah. we're not so different you and me we can go out sometime you know and it's it's really fascinating to trace just in that short period of time how the attitude shifts mm with the idea that just maybe if bugs is legitimate that there could be something still there mm. now dun, dun, dun. yes um attentive listeners later on and what year is this this is probably oh like five six seven years let's say after the 2001 appearance um some listeners put together the voice of bugs with someone who operates a super right-wing extremist <laughs> online radio program. Oh. Uh, his name is Ed Hale. Oh, yeah. And uh, long and short of it is this is brought to Hale's attention. He essentially confesses to being bugs. Wow. Uh, <laughs> And insists that the story is true. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
So it takes a couple of right angle turns, one after the other. Um, but then there is this postscript. After he says that the story is true, he claims that federal agents showed up, oh. made him show them where the bodies were buried. They exhumed the remains. Mm -hmm. And so that even having the map, if you were to go out there, there's no evidence to be found. Yeah. But it, it was a, a tantalizing tale and one that I think, if anything, proves to show how this is a, like an unsettled topic in the Bigfoot world. You know, and even those who, you know, those who say, we definitely need a body and I'd love to be the one to pull the trigger in the moment, you might not be able to. Yeah. And conversely, those who claim to be completely no kill and that should never be done when faced with the prospect that, well, it happened, I didn't do it, yeah. but there's a dead one. So maybe, you know, could I, could I get in there? Could I examine this and help? you know, um, hatch the discovery of the century. It's, it's really a, a human nature story at the end of it. Human nature. What does it all mean? You and I ask ourselves these questions. Bigfoot. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you're a fan of Bigfoot and killing Bigfoot, you can leave us a <laughs> message. Uh, Monsteropolismail at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and stay spooky, guys. It's after Halloween. It doesn't matter. Oh. Always stay spooky. All right, that's fair. All right. Keep it spooky. Yeah. Keep it spooky, gang. All right, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>